A whole week and nothing? I checked every station, still no signals. Maybe it's malfunctioning? You guys sure it wasn't there when we first got here? Positive. I don't think we need to worry. Liv says our driver's still on their way. Let's just sit tight and watch movies. So we're not gonna acknowledge that loud-ass boom that came from the radio tower? Nope. Nah. Say what? Strangers in the Alps, a slasher podcast. I'm Dan Davis. I'm Travis. I'm Sam. And I'm Frank. And this week, we just got finished watching Krampus. And uh, on the liner notes at the back of the VHS tape, it says, uh, When dysfunctional family squabbling causes young Max to lose his festive spirit, it unleashes the wrath of a fearsome demon. As Krampus lays siege to the Ingle home, mom, pop, sister, and brother must band together to save one another from a monstrous fate. The movie came out in 2015. And who was the director? Michael Doherty. Okay, let's talk about this movie. This is the first in a series of our holiday movies that we're going to be doing. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. I don't know. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Take it, Sam. Cool. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of happy movies, so this was pretty much up my alley. Because you think, oh, it's a nice horror movie, but when you keep watching towards the end, you're like, this is so sad, and it's so depressing, and I love it. And I love his work. I'm a big fan of Trick or Treat, so this wasn't as good as Trick or Treat, but it was still something I truly enjoy a lot. So that was my initial take. I wish I could say the same, only because from a design standpoint, I love the movie. I love the designs of all the creatures. The look of it is really nice. The concept is great, but it loses me somewhere in between the first and second act. I had to watch it twice. Because the first time, I kind of got distracted. And it sucks because I like the director's work. I love Trick or Treat. I really love King of the Monsters. He co-wrote X2 and Superman Returns. And I enjoy both of those. I don't know. I like it more in principle than I do in, in execution. And I think that goes back to the fact that it was a theatrical cut. I've never seen the naughty cut. And I feel like if I did, maybe it might change my mind. But based on what we saw, it was okay. I feel it could have been better, but... So I had seen this movie before, and when we decided to do this episode and we found the VHS tape, I was trying to think, I do not remember this movie at all. I saw it, but I don't remember it. And then I remember, didn't it come out in like 2018, 2017? And it's weird because I remember initially seeing it in theaters, and I really liked it a lot. This is it, it's gonna be part of my holiday rotation. I'm gonna see it every year. Bought the Blu-ray. Blu-ray was still in shrink wrap. I never watched it. I kept telling myself I was gonna see it every day. And then I finally did watch it. I kinda wanted to go see it in like a Dolby Cinema because it was a premium format. Because one thing that really sticks out to me in this film is the sound design. I think it's absolutely incredible. So I would have had like to see it in a more premium audio format to kind of be enveloped in the whole world. Um, It stuck out to me a lot. Another thing I really like, which I think kind of adds to it is you can tell that 95% of this movie 
was shot on a soundstage. But that's what I really liked. I thought it added to the charm of the film. It kind of added, I don't want to use the word campiness, but it added to the whole aesthetic of what it was going for. Because what I really liked is if I had turned this movie on TV and didn't know it was Krampus, the whole setup of the film feels like a normal Christmas movie. And then it kind of slowly goes into a horror movie. You've got a, packed a lot in there, buddy. I had a lot to say. First of all, I just want to correct you. I think 100% of that movie was shot on a soundstage. I don't think anything was shot outside of a soundstage, but we can talk about that later. 95%. And I'm also very much interested in talking about the naughty version, but we'll put that on the table for later as well. I want to say I really liked it. I didn't read the liner notes before this. I didn't read the cast before I watched it. I generally just like, I don't want to know anything. I'm just going to watch the movie. I got really hooked by the opening credits. When they're bursting into the department store and they're all fighting and beating each other up, I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm in. I thought generally, and we can get into details and specifics about things that maybe didn't work. I was sort of surprised by how much heart it had, how it sort of had this really strong moral through line. To me, it was a very much Christmas carol he had totally taken. And a little bit of Christmas vacation, quite frankly. I mean, if you look at those characters, particularly the uncle, I mean, that's a big lift from Christmas vacation. Yeah, totally. That was in my notes, too. I was like, Cousin Eddie. I like, too, when they're sitting in the house and the house starts shaking, and they're like, oh, our family's here. I expected Cousin Eddie to come walking through the door. Well, there were so many elements in, like, the first act that felt so much like Christmas vacation. The dinner table, like you say, the people coming in, the Aunt Dorothy. And if you look at the cast, just the front end of the movie, you're thinking, well, this is going to be a comedy. I mean, this is a comedy cast. All your major leads, that's what they mostly do. First act of the movie is totally set up like your typical Christmas movie. And the lighting, the beginning, I thought I was watching like Jingle All the Way. Exactly. In the beginning, you kind of felt like if I would have turned it on, you know, didn't know what it was. With Max, I was like, am I watching a remake of Home Alone? Because it kind of has him, his cousins are making fun of him. He goes upstairs crying. I was like, he's just going to grab his cheese pizza. And that's what I really like too, because referring back to Trick or Treat, you think it's like a kid's movie for like Halloween and all that stuff, and then it takes a quick turn mm -hmm. and it gets darker, and that's essentially what's with this one. The tone, I think, is great. You get fooled. I feel like this starts out like that as well, but I don't think it ever really leaves it. When the sister slash daughter goes off to her boyfriend's house, then I think, okay, now what's yeah. gonna happen? And then she's underneath the truck, and the truck has been done in, and I'm looking at snow everywhere, thinking, okay, this is white snow. Blood's gonna splatter everywhere. What are we gonna see happen? This is gonna be crazy. And it doesn't happen. The realization came over me that this is not that kind of movie. This is not gonna be a movie of carnage. Now maybe the naughty version is, and we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, it was a little bit of a snow burn. There he is, he's back, he's back. <laughs> That's the thing too, the part with the snow truck almost had that Jaws effect or like tremors where it kind of just hinted. And that's what I like when the daughter, when she's walking, you kind of see Krampus jumping on the roof. You For have sure. the feet coming down. I love just that like kind of tease you get. <laughs> uh, I thought the art direction was great too. I thought the credits were great. I liked the way everything looked. I thought they did a really good job with that. And I liked how not only just the figure of Krampus, but also all these other sort of evil little Little henchmen and yeah, helpers. The Those were super yeah. cool. I don't know if I'm getting kind of cheesy. I always kind of miss, and I kind of like too, Dan, you mentioned the opening credits, studio logos when they theme them. You know, you don't get that a lot. You kind of have the snowflakes. That was fun. And like you said, the creatures, I liked that it was all practical. It struck me, at any point in the movie, did you guys think to yourself, 
Is this real? Because I did. About halfway through, I started thinking, because I've not seen anybody die in this movie. People are disappearing, and I'm thinking, is this actually really happening, or is this just this little boy's imagination? Dream? To me, it's kind of more of a suspense film because you have the family being taken away, but it's never malicious. You never see blood. It's almost like Krampus is just kind of having fun with the family. He sends in the gingerbread man. He sends in the elves. He's having a good time. Krampus himself is wearing a Santa mask. And when Grandma tells the whole backstory, then that's when I really started going, okay, this is a message kind of storyline where we're teaching a lesson here. This boy is learning a lesson. It feels more like a fantasy movie, I for agree. sure. I think maybe that's one of the things that saves it for me. It really helps get over that hump somewhere in that first to second act transition. So much of the creature work is fantastical in a dark but whimsical way. That jack-in-the-box creature snake thing is insanely creepy, but also kind of cool. The elves, Krampus, it all looks great. That shot of Krampus jumping from rooftop to rooftop looks amazing. The little gingerbread man, right? The oh, the gingerbread, gingerbread man? Gingerbread man. Adorable. That was fantastic. It was almost totally reminded me of like something you would see in like Evil Dead or like Army of Darkness. The little gingerbread man running around. I was around. thinking of Shrek. <laughs> Going back to what you said, that beginning is really funny. It really screams holidays, you know? It's not holidays without a little bit of commercialism and violence. Yeah, it shows that dark side of the holidays yeah. where it's just all about just commercialism and fighting over gifts and getting what you need but it's still funny i thought it was a really funny and really clever opening it's, really well shot it's funny because we can relate to it i forgot how the beginning started so when i watched it again i'm like oh yeah that is the holidays we do just randomly fight people for I, parking products that's how it is that's how i spend my holidays and having worked on the holidays you always have the guests saying i'm sorry you have to work today it's like or thank but you you're for here. Working. Thank you for working. I'm sorry. You're, it's like, but you're here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, I worked in retail for about 10 years, so I was like in department stores on Christmas Eve and department stores the day after Christmas, which is actually the worst day of the year, honestly, because that's when all the sales happened back then, anyway, and that's when all the real ugliness took place, and it really took a lot of the spirit of the holidays away from me. I feel like that's definitely a theme with the movie. They bring it up right from the beginning, even with the boy bringing up how he heard from friends that Coke came up with Santa Claus, which is not entirely untrue. They did help popularize that image of Santa Claus. Oh yeah, absolutely. So from the very start of what we think of as like modern Christmas, it's been pretty commercial. Totally. Do you think with online shopping now, if they redid the movie, how the intro would be like, that's how the Amazon factories are? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone pushing each other over like getting the shipments done <laughs> so let's shift gears because i want to hear about the naughty version who's seen it well the naughty version came out maybe two months ago did you see it i have not so the vhs tape we had was not the 4k naughty version it was released by scream factory which is a boutique label they released it in 4k it's the only way you can watch the naughty cut which is essentially a rated r version i guess one of the compromises that the director had with the universal getting this film done because of the backlash with Black Christmas and other films as the studio was kind of weary about doing a horror-themed Christmas film, but the deal was that the film would be PG-13 when it came out. I haven't looked up the Naughty Cut too much. I don't know, I kind of wanted it to be a surprise because like I said, it was going to be part of my holiday rotation, which I've only seen the movie twice. But is the Naughty Cut then really graphic? It would have been great though if the Naughty Cut was like absolutely gruesome because I feel like that would have made the movie a tad bit better to yeah. see how Jack in the Box like swallows Susan or 
whatever that kid's name is. One of those shit faces. Really quick, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I did not feel bad at all no. for the kids to go. Except for the little go. boy. The, the little boy. He didn't really do much, but the two girls. Oh. Bye. I don't care. The, they the, were awful. The, yeah. I mean, they were wicked. The naughty cut actually does have a scene with Tony Collette. She's standing by the fireplace and she gets caught on fire. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah. I kept thinking that throughout the whole film. Tony Collette kept standing by the fireplace. I'm scarred from hereditary. I That's was like, how Ari Aster like, got she, the yeah. idea. I was like, she's gonna catch on fire. Is she gonna catch on fire? Speaking of Tony Collette, it took me a long time to realize she was not American. She's not what? American? She's no, she's Australian or something. She has an accent. Travis? What was your favorite death? My favorite death of the film, I think, was Berta's. Why are you laughing at that? That's so sad. <laughs> because I'm laughing because... Wow. <laughs> I, when she got pulled out of the window, she kind of just went flying and went, ah! And it reminded me, have you all seen Commando? No. The scene? Isn't Commando when you wear pants without underwear? Um, no comment. So in Commando, there's a scene in the film where Arnold is holding one of the characters over a cliff. He's holding him by the leg and he goes, Hey, Sully, remember when I told you I'd kill you last? And Sully goes, Yes, yes, you didn't. And he goes, I lied. And he drops him. And he goes, Aah! And that same <laughs> scream. Wait, what does he do? He goes, Oh, right. It reminded me of it. I started laughing. That's probably my favorite death of the film. Dan, what was your favorite death in the film? I loved the whole scene where the big kid goes to the fireplace and he, the little hook comes down and he takes the bite and then he just sucked up the chimney and they're all hanging on. And that, I thought that was actually really fun. Even the reveal. Really clever. I really liked when it's there and you kind of see the hook slowly being dropped down from the chimney. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that whole scene I was great. the whole sequence was great. Oh, yeah. And I just loved the whole effort of it. It became very action picture-like. You know, he's going up, they're going to bring him back down, then he's going to go up. And then Colette, she looks up the chimney later when he says, what did you see up there? That was my favorite sequence as far as action goes. Mine would have to be, again, the Jack in the Box and one of the girls because I'm petty. So the fact that they were bullies from the get-go with Max... I just felt like they definitely deserved it, so that's what I love the most. And how about you, Frank? I gotta piggyback off of that. That jack-in-the-box was fucking great. And that creature itself, like you said earlier, it's creepy. I found that one to be the most creepiest out of all of them. Yeah, there's something about the shape of its head. Mm -hmm. It's, like, too long. And then it gets unhinged. Yes, like a... A snake, and I hate snakes. It's great. I love it. Did anyone think that Max was a little too old to be writing letters to Santa Claus? That was probably the only false note that hit me at the beginning of the movie. I went... Why are you really? You know what my comment is on that? Who are you, one of his bully cousins now? <laughs> yes, I am. I mean, I know they did the whole thing with grandma in the kitchen to kind of make it seem like it yeah. would be okay, but that kid's gotta be, what, 11 or 12? Right, but I also felt like maybe cause it's the grandma that, that kept it going because she had gone through the whole Krampus experience herself, so with Max, she's kind of trying to avoid that. So she's trying nurturing to keep that him part. Positive yeah. Because the rest of the family is exactly. falling apart. Yeah. I almost kind of just looked at it where I'm like, maybe he doesn't 100% believe because when they're reading what he has on his list, like wishing his parents would be back in love again. He wasn't asking for a PlayStation 5 or anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm thinking maybe that was just him. Like, he gets sad around the holidays because he sees, you know, every year it's getting continually worse and worse and worse. So it's kind of just hoping... I don't know, just like a last-ditch effort. I didn't find that the central family, the Engels, I didn't find them to be a, a dysfunctional or really... 
that bad. I feel like it was the family that came into the family. Oh, yeah. Because they were the evil, awful people. They mentioned, like, oh, the mom and dad aren't really getting along. We don't really see anything, though. We're really disrupted by Aunt Dorothy and, and the rest of that. I think that might be one of the things that kind of makes me trip with the movie. The sentimentality doesn't really work for me. I didn't put too much thought into it at first, but I think it might be just because that kid is a little too old. Because they have these moments later on in the movie where they talk about their feelings, about the dysfunction in their family, this and that. And I kind of just gloss over. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You guys aren't that bad, though. I agree. No, I think you're right. I think that is a flaw. Also, I think you needed more of a, a Macaulay Coughlin age kid, which is what, like eight? Yeah, because on my second rewatch, I noticed I didn't go back super far. I went back to beginning of Act 2 when we're past that initial point. So I guess I don't pick up on that falseness at the beginning. So it's an easier watch after that. The mom and dad, heart to heart, still, again, glossed over. Okay, that's cool. I mean, not to piggyback off you, but I agree with you, but when I watch movies like this, it doesn't really bother me too much if they really hammer me with, these are the things that need to be fixed. And I thought that the dinner scene was just, that was that scene. This is where we're hammering us with, okay, Things need to be fixed here. Things need to change here. And I'm okay. I kind of accept that as part of the formula. But having said that, I agree with you that there was a real false note, again, with going back to Max. He just, he seemed too old to be lost in the wonder of Christmas and all of that. Yeah. Actually, when they pulled his little letter out, it is kind of embarrassing that you're this <laughs> age and writing letters to Santa. I mean, honestly. Like, what a fucking nerd. Speaking of being lost, did anyone else find it hilarious where at the end, when his whole entire family's dead? <laughs> Let me continue. Where his whole entire... Done. Did anyone, period. Did anyone find it hilarious when his whole family's dead and he wants to return the ornament to Krampus and Krampus is gone and he runs up to Krampus and Krampus is like hanging out with the elves in like front of a fire and I kind of thought the thing I was like so are they like waiting for the bus to like pick him up <laughs> you know I mean? they're kind of just standing there because he goes to Krampus it's like hey wait, wait, that's really funny a bus pulls yeah. up say hey hang on kid what, what do you need I, I gotta I gotta catch this <laughs> well, you almost turned Krampus took him was like I, I'm trying to talk to my friends here uh you're embarrassing me in front of my friends I, I didn't feel that I thought it was funny that Krampus was like, no, fuck you, kid. <laughs> that part, yeah. Oh, that's right. That was great. Yeah, that ending before we cut to the shot in the bedroom, and he wakes up in bed, and we have the, the Christmas Carol ending, which is odd because I was thinking Coco's going to wake up, he's going to go downstairs, and everything's going to be different. You know, it's going to be like Back to the Future, where everything has changed. But in fact, he went downstairs and his store started that way. But then they were all sort of, I mean, he was the one that sort of was enjoying, oh, I'm a renewed person. But everybody else seemed like they were kind of the same. Like the uncle guy was being that jackass still. And I think oh. it was that false hope, kind mm -hmm. of how what Krampus was talking about, how he appears when you lose hope in something. So for us, it kind of like tricked the audience of, oh, okay, this is... This is good. They're they're back together. They're fine. And then he gets that present and it's the bell. And it's like, oh, no. That's kind of a dick move. He's yeah. like, here's hope. Actually, yeah, yeah I, but not really. I kind of forgot about that. That's yeah, that's a great well. catch. As you're right, absolutely. Yeah. I love the slow realization from everyone. Mm -hmm. You look at it at like different takes. Yeah, because to me, it reminded me of the ending of the first Nightmare on Elm Street film when she wakes up from the dream and you get the sense that is everything okay? Is it a dream? It kind of has that washed, overexposed filter to it. That's what I always thought with the color grading. And then he's going down the stairs. I kept thinking, okay, is like Krampus gonna jump out? 
what's gonna happen. But then it kind of instead does that like Men in Black ending, I thought, where it zooms out and they're all inside. Oh yes, yeah. all inside the little yeah, snow Yeah, it was very much like Men in Black with the marbles. And for me, I was thinking with the ending, what it was trying to show with that was that the whole like family was kind of fabricated and kind of fake, kind of like a decoration. Cause then at the end, Krampus has all those other families inside his collection. That's kind of what I got from it. I think that's a little too deep, but. Yeah, but I'll take it. I mean, I'm looking for something to give me a closure on that movie. And that, that that's interesting. But even for then, like when he first wakes up, you get that filter of everything so angelic. And that was like a first giveaway for me that something isn't right. That holiday haze. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a big theme of the movie is the holiday season losing its luster. I feel like that's something we can all connect to. I feel like every year as time goes on, particularly with Halloween, but even Thanksgiving, Christmas, it just it doesn't feel the same as when you were a kid. So I, I get that, and I was hoping that the movie would hit on that more, but it kind of loses that theme along the way. And I don't think it's trying to. It just goes back to that thing that I was saying where it didn't get me when it should have. And maybe that's a failing on my part. Maybe it's not the movie's failing, but like Travis said earlier, when I heard this movie was coming out, I was looking forward to it. I was like, yes, this is great. I love the mythology behind Krampus. And then after it came out and I saw it, I was like, okay, well, that's there. And I forgot about that feeling until we rewatched it. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's why I don't rewatch this movie that often. Well, I just want to throw something out. First of all, we're the audience. We have no failings. That's my opinion. I mean, as an audience, you're just watching the story. Whatever you get out of it is what you get out of it. And I think everything you're saying is extremely valid. I think the movie does have many shortcomings. I think, as I said at the very beginning, though, overall, my reaction to the film, like the art direction and just sort of the sentimentality of it and just sort of the fun. I mean, it's a fun movie. I mean, if you just kind of sit back and just take the ride and enjoy all the fun stuff that's going on and all the little action that's going on, I think it's a fun hour and a half or whatever it is. But do you need to keep watching it every holiday season? No, I don't see this as one of my holiday movies. Frank and Dan, what would you give it out of five? Five what? Gingerbread men? Yeah, five gingerbread men. I would say out of five gingerbread men, I'd give it three, maybe three and a quarter, three and a third. Three and a bite. Three and a bite, there you go. I'd give it three and a bite, half bite off the head. I'd probably give it like three and a half Gramsuses out of five. Did you say Grimaces? Gramsuses. 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 Like Krampus or Gramp? It's the grandma. It's the grandma. She's Grampus. Not Cramp. Oh, how many Krampuses would you give it? A a Krampus is what I get when I wake up at night and I stretch my foot too far. So for me, I would give it 3.5 out of 5. We're all in about the same place. Travis? I am going to give it four. Four out of five. Four out of five peppermint schnapses. (laughs) Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I think it has great atmosphere, great filmmaking overall. I really like the director a lot. Like Frank said, I really enjoy the director. I like King of the Monsters. I really like Trick or Treat a lot. I like Krampus. I want another holiday-themed film from him, maybe like an Easter film, Thanksgiving film. I think it'd be a lot of fun. A cracked-out bunny. (laughs) (laughs) The hopping horror. Horror horror. Horror horror is coming your way. (laughs) No, I think it's a lot of fun. Like I said, four out of five. It's definitely a lot of fun. Can I just say that I love Aunt Dorothy? I hate her. She's a fucking bad bitch, okay? She parties hard. She's just a bitch. (laughs) I love her. 
I thought she was hilarious. I thought she was actually really good. And it took me halfway through the movie before I realized she was the uh, the, the maid on The House. Two and a Half Men. On Two and a Half yeah. Men. Because I kept thinking it was Kathy Bates. Yes. It doesn't really look like Kathy Bates, but it sounds like Kathy Bates. And I really liked when she was giving the kids a drink. That I was love hilarious. watching her make the drink. Mm-hmm. And then you add a little of this in. It was great. Did, did anyone think with the grandma's flashback, didn't it remind you of those old claymation cartoons? Because it was. It was an old-fashioned claymation cartoon. And Okay. That they recreated. <laughs> Honestly, I, that's what it was. I'm just having, I'll go back to watching VHS tapes in the cabin. <laughs> I'm walking away. Honest question though, did you guys like the claymation? I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah. You didn't like it? I thought they did a good job with it. I just thought it was super random. Like, there was nothing else in the movie that did that. I went, wait, what? Say what? What's going on here? I think they were going for that whole, like, fantastical family movie thing. I agree, but it didn't, like, just take you out for a second. For me, it made sense. I don't know why. It definitely took me out. I went, oh, claymation. You like the whole lore aspect of stuff. Did that one hit well for you? It did, actually, yeah. Maybe that's why it worked well for me. And I'm glad that it comes in that second to third act. Mm-hmm. I love when uh, when they do that in Deathly Hallows Part 1. I love when they do that stuff. It makes the story feel a little more fantastical. Yeah. Obviously, this movie already has that, but right. it adds that extra little spice to it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a real thing, right? Isn't Krampus a real... Like, a folklore? Yeah. I think it's just to scare kids. Yeah. yeah. And then when Beth was walking to the boyfriend's house... Did you guys also feel it kind of shifted the whole environment? It became more fantastical in a way. Yeah, especially when she finally saw Krampus and then the house kind of got darker. Yeah. I felt that switch and I liked it a lot. That was so I did too. I think that whole sequence was really good. I like how Krampus jumping from rooftop to rooftop is kind of similar to Santa flying from rooftop to rooftop. And that's what I kind of like too because with this one, you kind of got the opposite of normal Santa Claus. Typically in horror, when a kids are bad, it's like, oh, you're gonna get coal for Christmas. But this one was, you're being bad, you're losing hope, Santa's gonna come to your house, but he's gonna kill you. <laughs> That's what I kind of like. Well, Krampus looks like this deranged. Well, he's wearing a Santa mask. Santa. <laughs> he did give you toys. They just kill you. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. Honestly, I wish there was a lot more blood. Maybe you know, if we find the naughty cut in there somewhere. Well, with all that snow, don't you want to have one scene where blood splatters all over that white? Contrast. It looks great. Blood on snow looks cool. I do also want to mention, just going back to the director, that he's also writing the Hellraiser TV show for HBO. So I'm really looking forward to that. I did not know this. Is this different than Hulu Hellraiser? Yeah. I don't know if it's connected to it, but I love his work. Like I said, this didn't hit as well for me as I was hoping, but there's still a lot there that I like. I mean, I'd rewatch it. But it's his holiday movie. Everybody deserves a holiday movie. Yeah, of course. Final thoughts. Like I said, it was good. I'm definitely, I say it this year, we'll see next year. I'm going to add it to my holiday rotation. I'm going to say I'm going to watch the VHS tape if we're still here, but I think we're going to be gone from the cabin by next year. If we're still here, here's hoping. One of us will be eaten alive. Not it. Not it. Before we go, Dan, did you know that scientists have now discovered that trees use the restroom? What? That's where we get number two pencils from. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I love that he wasn't falling for it, but you did. <laughs> you did. You know, Pops Travis loves his dad humor. I would just like to wrap up real quick by saying I actually really liked it. It will not be in my holiday rotation, however. I agree. It was fun while it lasted. I, I don't think I can handle it again. It was, it was fun, but mm, I'm okay. This has been Strangers in the Alps, a slasher podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Travis. Sam. And I'm Frank. 
see you next time when we're gonna be watching hold on violent night we already have the vhs for that if you like this podcast make sure to subscribe make sure to send it to your friends your family your enemies anyone send it and don't forget to leave a review and if you didn't like our podcast then mind your own damn business (laughs) see you next week Okay, we got it.